0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyu. Today I'm talking on a subject called, Why the Word? The object for salvation for a sinner is Jesus Christ. But the object for a believer after that is the Word of God. The faith you put in Jesus Christ, God now asks you to transfer. And for growth in the Christian life, you have to come back to the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about the
1: importance of the Word of God in your life. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great
0: to be with you here today to open up the Word of God, our bread of life. Everything we need for the Christian life is found in the Word of God, and you know what? I mean, to to live the life that we live every day takes an understanding and the power of the Word of God in us. In essence, it's this. The object of faith for the sinner is Jesus, period. That's all the gospel is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's not a whole lot of explanation to it. In fact, we don't even need to explain the gospel. That's why we preach it. You know why we preach the gospel? It's because it's something the sinner already knows. We're not telling him something he doesn't know. Man, you've meshed your life up. I know, I know. You need help. I know, I know. His name is Jesus. Really? Is that, that's that That's it? Yeah, you're informing him of a problem he has and you're informing him of an answer. And you know what? He already knows he has. a a problem. He's looking for an answer or she are looking for an answer and we have it. So we don't need to go into great explanations about the gospel. It's simply preached. It's simply declared to them. And the Holy Spirit takes that declaration, convinces them, and they receive Jesus. Jesus is the object of faith for the sinner. But once you get saved, the object of faith is no longer Jesus. It's the word. Jesus talked to those who just believed in him as Lord and Savior and said, now that you believed on me as Lord and Savior, he says, now turn to the word of God. And that's how we become a disciple. Uh, Grow in my word and you become a disciple. He admonished the people to do that. Jesus said, come unto me all you who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Then take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The most important thing after become a Christian is going to church where it's, the Word is taught, learning to have a lifestyle of your own around the Word of God, daily understand the Word of God, Psalm 1, and that is meditate on the Word of God day and night. It becomes strength on the inside of you, and this is how we live the Christian life. When you get born again, your sins are forgiven. That's true. The moment you accept Jesus, your sins are forgiven. But that's for going to heaven. After we get born again, the sins we commit, well, we need to come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Of, but we understand this through the word of God. The sins we commit after we're born again don't keep us out of heaven, but you understand this, understanding of the word of God after we're born again keeps us in a life of freedom. And uh, whom the son has set free is free indeed, but there's also a thing about the word of God, whoever understands my word of God is now free also. By understand the word of God, then the word of God will make you free. So there's a freedom at salvation. There's also a freedom after we become born again as we walk with God. The first freedom comes by faith in Jesus. The next amount of freedom comes and increases in our daily life by understanding the word of God. Now, heaven is not a reward. Heaven is a gift. But when we sin after we are saved, understand this, it doesn't keep us out of heaven, but it does hinder our rewards. Because heaven, although it is a gift, once we get there, there's rewards for uh, when we get there for the things we did after we were born again, for working for God, for loving for him. There's a soul winner's crown in heaven. There's all types of crowns, robes that are put on us, positions of authority, all that's based on what we did for Jesus after we became born again. So my my whole thing to you is you say, yeah, but I think the salvation covered everything from that time on. It's just okay. It's all forgiven under the blood of Jesus Christ. No, the point of it is why would God get you born again to keep living the lifestyle you did before? He not only wants to get you into heaven, get you a child of God, make you a part of the family of God. He wants you to quit living like the world. In other words, not only did God come to save you from sin, he came to save you now afterwards from sinning. He wants your lifestyle to change in front of people to where not only do your words count, Your actions count. Paul said, whatever I do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Witnessing is by word, but also by deed. It's not only by word, it's by works. And I'm not talking about bad works. The bad works you did was before you were saved, trying to get into heaven by them. But after you're born again, by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you can now produce divine works. Jesus said, signs and wonders are worked. The works that I do shall you do also. Those are good works, but you got to be born again, first of all, to produce them because it takes the Holy Spirit in you. A sinner does not have the Holy Spirit, cannot produce good works acceptable to God. So once we're born again, uh, then... Uh, Paul even talked about women in the church and stuff. He mentioned one of them said, she's housed people. She's taken people in, she's fed them, all that. He talked about she did all these good works. It's up to a believer to do good works and those good works will be rewarded one day. It simply comes back to this again, that for us as a believer, our power comes not just from the new birth where the Holy Spirit moved inside of us, but also a growing, continuing strength, increasing strength because of our understanding of the word of God. And this strength in us continues to grow every single day. We never reach a point in time where we have received full strength and full understanding and a fully sanctified life before God. But listen, we will when we get to heaven. But every day, God wants us to progress in this life and show the world what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God inside of a person can do. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one, we're gonna take a look at verses one through 21. And while you're finding that again, if this is your first time here, wow, glad to have you. Good to have you join the group that watches this every single day. You've just joined others, have been watching for months, some for years have been watching this broadcast and they, I get all kinds of letters, things people send to me telling me how great it is and what God has done for them. And so, again, this is a great blessing. Join us and listen if you'd like to become as many of them are, and that is one who stands beside me, one who is part of my team, one who is a member that with me. And again, these are partners in my ministry. And so I depend on them. And just like Jesus is my friend, Jesus is my partner. I can't see him. He's in heaven, but he works through the partners that surround me. And I'm thankful for those who pray and also financially give into this monthly. Thank you so much. Thank God for the offerings that come in, but I just appreciate also those consistent giving every single month without question, because why? They love the word of God. And you might say, yeah, but I don't know if I can afford that much. Give what you can, but understand this, whatever you give, could not possibly pay for even one revelation for the word of God that will change your life forever. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner and you'll find so many great study aids, so many books, so many CD series, and so many flash drives, different things like that, MP3s, things that will tremendously change your life, things you can listen to in your car, books you can read, all those different things to continually put the word of God inside of you. So let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses one through 21. That's where we're gonna take all this out of. We're gonna talk about why the Word of God. Why does God choose the Word of God after we are born again? And so 2 Peter chapter 1, let me just give you a little background here. Peter, what a transition. This is the Peter that denied Jesus. This was the Peter that every once in a while, Jesus would have to say to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Sometimes Peter had a good thing to say, but most of the time, Peter had his foot in his mouth, all right? And, and I'm sure the other disciples must have thought, because Peter always had to have something to say, always had to add something. He was always pushing to be the leader of the group and always usually made him look stupid in front of everybody. This was that Peter. And Peter, listen, the transition in Peter came when he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And this man that backed down in front of a little girl just a few days before this around a bonfire and three times declared, I don't know him. He's I don't follow him. I'm not one of his disciples. And then finally the rooster crowed and he felt so bad because Jesus just prophesied that's what would happen. But after the day of Pentecost when he got filled with the Holy Spirit man he preached a sermon that's probably one of the three most powerful sermons in the New Testament and uh, that's where he on the day of Pentecost preached this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel the Holy Spirit was revealing things to him out of the word of God and now Simon Peter here at the end of his life his books of first and second Peter are Powerful, we find a completely different man than the fisherman back there that met Jesus, the fisherman constantly pushing, constantly striving to become the leader of the group, now has settled into his position and is a man of great humility. And now he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, we're finally getting there, verse 1 through 21, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to notice this. He now puts himself in with two groups of people. I am a servant of the Lord and just one of those that obtained light precious faith. And he simply is now saying, I'm not trying to be the big guy. I'm not trying to be the, the major leader. I am simply a bond servant. Me and Paul and James and others who have written the New Testament and John Listen, I was there when I walked with Jesus. John was there when we walked with Jesus. These other guys met him afterwards. But you know what? I'm no more special than anybody else. I'm just one of those bond servants. And I'm another apostle of Jesus Christ. And you, I have obtained like precious faith, just like you did. So, he, so now he's become one of a great group of people, and he's not trying to promote himself. And he goes on to say in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. What he's saying here is that grace and peace that was given to you at salvation can be multiplied. Both grace and peace come by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For by grace are you saved through faith. This is how uh, Abraham was saved. And again, back in chapter four of the book of Romans, here is told again here that the grace we received at salvation and then being born again by grace, we have peace. Therefore being justified by grace, we have peace. And so grace and peace, but he says, notice this, it does, it's not something that's stagnant. It's not something that never increases. No, it starts increasing afterwards, but it's no longer by putting your faith in Jesus. That's a one-time thing that gets you saved. After that, you direct your faith from accepting Jesus now to accepting the word of God, studying, to to show yourself approved unto God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you how? in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? How do we come through all things that pertain to life and godliness? How do we grow in life and grow in godliness? It's through the knowledge of him that has called us by his glory and his virtue. And this word means excellence. God has called us by his excellence and by his glory for us to live in glory and for us to produce a life of excellence in this earth. Verse 4, By which, by which what? These promises, these exceeding great and precious promises that have been given to us by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. That's the grace of God gave that to us that by these or through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice two things. When I receive Jesus and then go to the word of God, notice this, God wants me to do two things. God, first of all, wants me to be a partaker of the divine nature. The new birth put the divine nature in me, but the word tells me how to partake of that divine nature. You know what Jesus said to the woman at the well? This, when you receive me as Savior, there will be a well of water in you springing up an everlasting life. Wow, that's wonderful. But how do I partake of that well? What is the bucket that I drop down into the well to pick up that water that's in there and live off of it every single day? These exceeding great and precious promises. There's over 7,000 exceeding great and precious promises directed toward believers in the Word of God. You know what each one of those are? 7,000 exceeding great and precious buckets to drop down into my divine nature and become a partaker of the divine nature. And next of all, what's that for? To escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. The purpose of the word of God is so that you do not sin and you can partake of God's divine nature every day. In other words, not only saved from sin, but now saved from sinning. I'll see you right
1: after the break. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yendian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include, A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, The Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, visit our website at bobyendian.com. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at
0: Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all that covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification, redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself.
1: Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: Let's go back again to verse four. We're again looking at 2 Peter chapter one. Notice this again, verse four, by which, by which what? By which grace, when we received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, his grace was given unto us. And through that grace, there has been given unto us exceeding great and precious grace promises. In other words, the word you hold in your hand is your formula, is your open door to a life of victory in this earth. What is God's desire after we get born again? So many Christians again, come back to this. It's like they throw out the entire Bible and just talk about the new birth. And that's the, I agree, that's the most important thing. But did you know this? 99% of the word of God is written for growth, not for getting saved. If you take all that out and you only leave the sections in the Bible of how to get saved, the Bible would be a pamphlet. It'd be about this thick, but it's this thick. What's the rest of of it in there? What's the rest of the 99% that's in there? Instruction to believers, Old Testament and new. It's growth, 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 growth throughout the word of God. And you have carnal believers in the Old Testament, carnal believers in the New Testament, carnal uh, congregations in the New Testament. And the church at Corinth was the major one all this carnality there, but it's how to overcome that. Why? Because as a Christian, we can become carnal. We start living from the flesh instead of from the word of God. We start following our, our fleshly desires instead of the desires of the Holy Spirit. And we look and act like unbelievers. And that's not what God wants. But if all you do is get born again and then don't follow the word of God, you are no different than an unbeliever except for the fact you have accepted Jesus. Otherwise, your life shows nothing. You live like them, you talk like them. And in fact, they may even be shocked to find out one day you are a Christian. What a terrible thing for people around you. Go one day, you mention something about that. You were a Christian and people around you go, huh? We didn't know you're a Christian. And even the Christians around you go, I didn't know you were a Christian. You've displayed nothing that shows you're a Christian. The whole purpose of the word of God and the daily walk with Jesus is to take what's on the inside of you and bring it to the outside. The whole purpose is, is what's in you can now be brought where people can see it work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? So others can see it as well as hear it. So again, the world hears the fact that we witness to them, but also the world sees the witness in us and they now follow by because they've seen Jesus Christ in us. This is what the word does for you. It takes what's in here. Verse four says again in this first chapter, by which we have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. The promises of the word of God that by these, you might be, maybe. Notice it doesn't say you will be. You've got to apply it. Not only do you study it, you put it into operation in your life that through these, you might be partakers of the divine nature that was given to you when you're born again, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. What God is saying was the moment you got saved, he saved you from your sins, but now you need power in you to resist sinning from now on. And that's where the word of God comes. Psalm 119 verse 11 qualifies this because God's plan has never changed. Salvation has always been by faith. Salvation has always been by grace and growth has always come through the word and following the Holy Spirit. Even when they had a limited amount of word back there, it was enough to keep them walking in sanctification. Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Notice it didn't say I will not, it says I might not. The power of the word of God causes us that we might not sin against him. But you say, but what if I do? 1 John 1, 9, confession of sins. If we'll simply confess our sins, acknowledge him, just admit it. If you admit your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's keep on going here in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's go to verse 5 but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. The moment you got saved, your faith was there to get you saved. But now on that foundation of faith, you need to start adding these other things. How do you do it? Giving all diligence to the word of God, giving all diligence to the promise of God. And Psalm 1 is the great verses of scripture. Your word, we hide his word in our heart and we follow after it day and night. We follow diligently after the promises of God. We meditate. Not only do I I read it and study it. I think about it during the day. And by that thinking, the power of the Holy Spirit can begin to explore into that verse of scripture and bring new revelation. Peel back the layers and show us of what God was trying to say. For this very reason, verse five says again, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue here is a quality of life where you begin to display on the outside what you are on the inside. The next thing to virtue, knowledge. This is more knowledge of the word of God. So knowledge never stops. It keeps on going. And by that knowledge, we gain each one of these stair steps up to the final top one. And that is agape love, walking in a divine love. Notice again, to virtue, we add knowledge. Next of all, in verse six, to knowledge, we add self-control. In other words, oh, there's times we still want to sin. There's temptations come, but what we do operate in self-control called temperance to self-control perseverance. This means even though we are operating in self-control, we don't often see a change in the situation immediately. It just takes time. And this comes back to simple patience, 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 called perseverance. To perseverance, we add godliness. In other words, now we're living more like Jesus Christ every day. Listen, Although we don't come through trials immediately, it's the trial and in the trial that we use our faith to overcome these things. And sometimes the longer it takes, the more godly we become. God doesn't promise to get out of these things tomorrow, but the point of it is we want out tomorrow. We are so interested in the destination. I want to grow up now. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, not the step of a good man. We often want to get there in one step. Again, I've told you this story, but it reminds me of my, my sister and I in the back seat when my mom and dry, dad would drive off to see our grandma somewhere. It might be a ten-hour drive, but you know. We were in the back seat, and all we kept saying was, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" So, they had to tell us, you know, well, count cows. And, and they had all kinds of games for us to play because we didn't live in that day. We had, you know, laptops and, and uh, you know, movies to watch in the back seat. No, we were, and all that. And so we had to bide our time. And eventually we got there. But that's what we are like with Jesus. We want to get there in one step. No, the steps of a good man are of the Lord, but we want to get to full godliness in one big step. And so we're sitting in the back seat going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And God's simply saying, meditate on it day and night, continue to grow because listen, it's God is not so interested in the destination. He's interested in the trip. He wants us by the time we get to our destination to be more mature, more grown up, more uh, dedicated, more faithful, more patient. He wants us again to be growing in all these inner qualities by the time we get there. God is more interested in the trip than he is the destination. We are interested in the destination, but we finally have to start learning like God and think like God okay, God, if it doesn't come for 10 more years, I'm gonna be more mature then. I'm gonna take every day and use it to walk with you. And there's gonna come a time, God, I don't even care how long it takes. I know this, you're my God, you're my savior, you're my Lord, you're my healer, you're my one that brings everything to pass in my life. And God said, that's what I've been waiting for. You're the one I can trust with the answer to this prayer. So again, verse six, to knowledge, we add self-control. To self-control, we add perseverance, which is patience. To perseverance, we add godliness, where now we're displaying before the world, the God in us. They can now see it without us having to tell them Next of all, verse seven, to godliness, we add brotherly kindness. And this is just kindness toward others, recognizing the fact that even if they're a sinner, they deserve our kindness because with the goodness of God leads to repentance in them. And then it goes on, and to brotherly kindness, we add agape love. Agape love is loving people, whether it's sinners or saints, despite how they act, despite how bad they are, and we see them through the eyes of God. I want you to notice something This top level. This is the top level. We started with adding to our simple faith, virtue. And by the time we get to the top level here, we've added to brotherly kindness, one form of love, phileo, we add to it agape love. Isn't that interesting? Because oftentimes we think of the top level as being to cast out devils, raise the dead, do all these things. No, did you know that can happen to a new believer? When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, God said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. You go into all the world, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. So really, that's not an indicator of great maturity. In fact, many of the heroes of the word of God, Samson is the greatest one I can think of, operate in the gifts of the Spirit, great things, and had no maturity at all. So what God is simply saying is what he wants you to grow in is in fact your relationship to other people and the top level is agape love. No wonder John emphasizes that over and over again in his books. And here, Peter finally comes to the same realization of what John was trying to say throughout John, first, second, third John, the book of Revelation, that John was trying to get across the greatest importance of the Christian life is to walk in love with each other as believers and walk in love toward the world. Verse eight simply goes on to say, for if these things, all these qualities that just mentioned Are in you, if these things are yours in you and abound, keep on increasing, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants the knowledge in you to bear fruit, and bearing fruit is what the world is seeing in us. Think about this. The fruit is not for the tree to eat. No, the the tree grows the fruit for people and others to eat from, where they can come and pick it and eat it. That's what the fruit in your life is for. Not that you can brag about it, about how patient. You are not. No, no, no. All that is for others around you to pick of that fruit and eat of it. You are here for other people, not for you. And you have great seasons where you produce fruit and the older the tree gets, the better the fruit becomes. This is God's purpose for you in life. And then verse nine, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to the point of blindness and has forgotten he was cleansed from his old sin. It's simply saying if all you do is get born again and don't get into the word of God, or if you get into the word of God and start sinning and don't get back into the word of God, and you begin to lack these different levels from faith all the way up to divine agape love, if you lack these things, it says you're short-sighted even to the point of blindness. Oh yeah, you're, you're born again. Yes, God has given you a uh, sight. God's give, opened up your eyes on the inside, but you know what? You're so blinded by your sins and your lack of commitment to God that you can actually come to a point where you have forgotten you are cleansed from your old sin. I'm here to tell you one of the hardest things I dealt with by being a pastor was how many Christians came to me they've been born again for years and suddenly they thought they weren't saved anymore. They've done something and they said, and you know, the joy of God has gone out of my life. They begin to name all this stuff. I can tell you what it is. There's either unconfessed sin in your life or you have tremendously lacked getting into the word of God. Because if you get into the word of God, you are no longer short-sighted. Next of all, you're no longer blind. Because as a Christian, you can become blind to the fact that you've been born again and you have forgotten. You were cleansed from your old sins. You now think you're on your way to hell and you've lost your salvation. And I'll tell you what, you know what? Because people base it not on the word of God, they base it on feelings. I woke up this morning and I just don't feel saved. You see, my God's a million miles away. Well, that's how you feel, but it's not true. He lives inside of you. The word of God tells you you're born again. It says, if you believe in him, you have eternal life. Since when does eternal life ever come to an end? You are born again. You're just dumb, but you're born again. Fall back on the word. But what does the word say? That's what you should have been studying all this time. When you run into puzzling situations, fall back on what you know. Don't let what you don't know pull you away from what you do know. Don't forget what you know because of what you don't know. Keep following God, following after him, and you'll pull back and you'll finally walk to that place of full wisdom. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll continue on this subject of growing in the word of God.